grab your coffees and your sips of water to stay hydrated. Um, most times we recommend half your body weight in ounces uh, per day as a starting point for those who are interested in that tidbit. Um, with regards to coffee, we're, I guess we're generally promoters of uh, like a balance, right, in coffee? For our, uh, let's call it the OPEX language. We're not haters, right? We're definitely not haters. We're, uh, we're fans. You got to say something, Melissa. You can't just uh, nod your head. Remember. I always, I always love the coffee one because clients come in and they're always scared I'm going to take away their coffee. And I was like, I will never take away anyone's <laughs> coffee. I love coffee. <laughs> coffee every day. Yeah. Yeah. In a different world, uh, when I consulted in the uh, early 2000s, I think the um the 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 group that was around me though the 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 conversations we had to go there with regards to coffee because um for the particular audience that I was working with they were using caffeine uh extremely inappropriately um and so there had to be this like therapeutic uh fix of it in order to to recharge people and that brought them down to the base of like the conversation which we'll discuss for resisting entropy folks today is this uh is where does energy come from and how do you derive your own energy that was the yeah but i would agree that i think we found a good spot over time would you agree for opex's language for finding a nice balance for people in that for sure yeah so that was a little uh, insight there for uh, what we're going to discuss today. Um, I thought um, this is this will be our last episode, depending upon where you're listening to this, this last episode of season one of yeah. Fitness and Relations. And uh, maybe on the outset, we could uh, do all the congratulations and et cetera, you know, stuff coming out of the ceiling and, and adding music to the episode. But um I thought today we could uh, touch on a, I shouldn't, shouldn't call it simplistic, but it's kind of thing that you and I could just come up with as a, as a topic and uh, find where you and I fit into this conversation for the general public on aging individuals. Uh, we called them the resist category. These are uh, older individuals. I mean, there's other language that has been used. Uh, seniors, aging adult, older adult. Um, yeah, we want to jam on, you know, what does fitness look like for them, right? What was your first uh, thoughts of that? What were your first uh, thing came into your mind when, when that discussion came across the email? Um, I went through my roster and I was getting oh. our gym statistics on how much of our population is that. Because oh, cool. it's, it's mine's 22% of my roster. Oh, wow. Demographic. Um, and likewise, one of my other coaches, he has a very high rate of uh, males in this category. Mm. So, <clears throat> so for me, it was like very interesting because I feel like this is yeah. uh, something we are very fortunate to get a, to see and witness inside of our gym every day um, and to get to work with the, this group. And I, I, you know, between me and my male coach, we've uh, actually come to like find a lot of fulfillment in working with the resistors that's awesome that's awesome um 
you know, well, right around the corner with that. Yeah, one quarter. That's pretty cool. Um, I'm just going to write that down as something maybe to come back to if some things goes on in my head based upon that. But, you know, what immediately comes to mind with that is uh, is aging out, too. Um, you know, I think about some of the things that immediately come up is the is the possible inability for uh, some people at this stage of life that they've only begun fitness a while ago for them to develop uh, a form of uh, independence. You know, so what's your, uh, what's been your, the spirit or the ethos in your gym to kind of, you know, because I would assume you're moving those people towards that. How that, how has that been received, especially if with numbers like 25% of the gym, you know? And I would think it always comes into at what age were these people introduced to fitness, hmm. right? So I think, um, you know, at least in our population, a lot of this demographic are people that have never done any weight resistance. And so we're seeing like a really, yeah, a ton to learn and just an amazing increase in not just physical capacity, but also mental acuity, hmm. right? They're actually becoming more cognitively like aware as they become healthier individuals. That's so awesome. on that end, it's like, just like kind of the bright light of like, there is no age limit to when you can actually experience or become a new student in fitness. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And just on the, on the other side of that being the devil's advocate, there's probably, you know, millions out there that are not in our gyms that are completely independent at that, you know, I want to, I'm not going to give a lot of uh, effort for that conversation today, but I just want to make that point that there's, there, there is, it's just, there's not, not a lot of stories written about it. Right. Cause it's not, it's not a sexy narrative. It's not fascinating. They're not doing these unbelievable physical feats, but they're not sick and they're consistent, yeah. you know, and they're not in gyms. So there is something, there is something to be said about that. Um, uh, you know, with regards to just just as in uh, in opposition to the individual you were discussing that comes into the gym setting, wants to learn and still is capable of learning things. Right. Mm-hmm. I was trying to think of the others that uh, are probably out there. Anyways, that's that's great. Uh, I'm going to start with a, an evolutionary uh, topic. Um, I wrote down that we've only had. Um, you know, I, I, I it's arguable, but uh you could look back at fairly easy demographics and uh, and mortality rates and uh, the the advent of industry and medicine, et cetera, to realize that. And this point isn't arguable in terms of the 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 time that Homo sapiens has been around. Um, you know, we could, we'll give it for for safety's sake uh, to hit on a number two hundred fifty thousand years of practice. Yet, we've only had 100 to 150 years of that entire Homo sapien existence with knowing what to do from 60 to 85 years of age, because it actually didn't exist for the other years, meaning it in in large part as a general consensus, right? Mm -hmm. Now, there's... You know, sure, there was the elder or the odd individual that uh, that lived longer in those particular hunter-gatherer situations, or maybe further back. I don't know. There there could have been some stories of it that we we can't find, but you know, um, 
you know, what, what's the, what will you, what do you think about in regards to that of the, the things that go on in my mind is that we, I can't stop, I can't stop looking at the whole thing from 60 to 85 going, we really just haven't figured out, you know, what, what to do <laughs> and how to, how to handle this. Is that, is that how you're thinking about it? Or what do you think about when you think about that reality of the lack of experience we have from 60 to 85? And, you know, I always go back to the purpose, right? It's like, we're living into a period of life that for a lot of people that age, they've never had anyone or beacon for them live to that. Mm. You know, it's, right. Think about if you're 85 now, you may never have known another person in your life that's lived beyond that age. Mm. So to know what to expect out of the rest of your life, like there is no roadmap really out there. Yeah. The purpose one. I, yeah, that's a great point is where do, where do generational, um, and family kind of, uh, you know, teachings come from besides books, if to your point, if you are, you know, 95 today, um, or let's just go back and say, if you were 95 in 1975, right, that means that you were born in 1880. So, so then, yeah, it becomes more stark. It's like, oh Yeah. You know, there's not a lot of my my friends around yet. They're saying, well, due to medicine and education and industrialization and technology, you know, I'm I'm still I'm still here. You know, I'm Elton John. I'm still dancing, um, but there's there's not many. So that's a really good insight. Um, and you're saying that that may for those individuals, they're not passing down because they don't have a lot of, you know, mentors of the same age around them to kind of share stories of purpose mm -hmm. right like they can't say oh this is what million of my friends and i at 95 years of age in 1975 uh do this is what we did you know as that project yeah that's uh yeah that always comes back to that i guess is uh we've discussed it before on the gym's calls right of the you know, this, this, this <laughs> never-ending realization that uh, we have to come up with something purposeful um, for, a, for a swath of uh, 60 to 85-year-olds because of your point that there wasn't a lot of practice on that. How is uh, your folks being the 25%? Um, what's the kind of little things you hear? with the cooler talk or between sets that that gives you indications of uh, increase in purpose and you know i think it's like you have to find like you're saying that tribe right the older we get people have the older you get you have your family but that mm. typically your close friends get further and further away mm. so for me in that group it's like how do we still find or foster like a sense of belonging or tribe to other peers or something like that, right? I think you and I have always talked about for the 50-year-old female, how do we find volunteers or some type of place where they find purpose or meaning? It's like, how can we still do that for this older group, mm. right? Where we're, we're moving them away from isolation because I think as we get into that age bracket, it's very easy to become either just you and your spouse. If you don't have kids or grandkids, you know, everyone around you that's your age, if they've passed away, there's less and less interaction that can occur Mm. unless you create it 
Yeah, you got to challenge one another then, right? And then hope your spouse doesn't leave, you know, or pass. Yeah, yeah, set, yeah. It makes me think about setting up all the things that are going to be necessary for uh, for uh, for finding that. Um, you that that leads me to uh, think about a, a proposed, you know, way that I saw it from a, you know, thirty. 35,000 foot view was that uh, I saw a number of older people um, that came in front of me um, kind of playing the same roles um, and doing the same things um, because it, it's too easy to just fall back on the, you know, the therapeutics to, to, to say, to say statements like this, which are, which are, completely untrue unless you have context. Uh, most females die of this at old age and most males die of this at old age. And therefore, this is what we need to involve in health in order to fix that, right? My thoughts on that is that that's just completely false because your premise is that you're not, you're not understanding what gets males and females to the highest potentials. On that point, I think, and I wonder what your thoughts about on that, if we really just recognize that we have this observation of vitality for males and females as to what they should do for the rest of their life, 685. We know they're not reproducing anymore. We know we're, we're, there's a call to purpose and reason and stuff like that. Um, doesn't it, don't you see then that the maybe possibly, this is the question I'm asking here, the male female differences for 685 in training and stereotypes and et cetera, just fall flat. It actually, it's like, what's the 100% sense, making sense there? Yeah. So what's your, what's your observations on that point or that idea? Well, I think we know that to be true because like everything we, we do in differences between sexes in training specific, right. Dissipate after menopause more or less when it comes to like a lot of things that I would do or take into consideration throughout that last transition once we've made it through that transition, it's very similar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very similar in patterns. Yeah. I even like, I even questioned, you know, oh, let me, let me try to come up with, you know, the other perspective, right. To hang on to these differences in sexes uh, as to what's presented at 65, 70, 75, 80. And I couldn't find anything. Right. No. Your point, you bring up a really good one. Yeah, if you go back, that's why I picked for our call today, I picked 60, right? <laughs> you know, if, if we were to say, well, 48 years of age, it's like, well, now we're, you know, are we talking about uh, the female specifically? And are they into perimenopause? Are they doing what, you know, is, is there everything good? You know, um, I think that becomes different. You get to 60, we're going to make the assumption. Did you make that assumption that we're, we're in a postmenopausal situation, right? Yes. So therefore, in layman's terms, estrogen's in the shitter. And for males, they still have, I would call it, let's say, 20% less of whatever their, whatever you want to call their, their energy hormone or their energy thing than what they did when they were 40. Okay. But for females, it's like, it's significantly less. So I, I, I'm glad you brought that point. At that point in time, there may, there's actually, that's the wrong word. It's not, there may be differences. There are differences significantly in training warding off autoimmune issues, warding off a whole bunch of shit, right? And so therefore the train's going to look different. But uh, 
yeah, I just couldn't help but think that, you know, um, at 65, 70, as I was just saying that, can you think of anything that would, would, uh, result in it being slightly different? I mean, not even, not even behaviors, I would think like sex stereotypical, uh, behaviors of intentions and reproduce. Cause we're not, we're not, they're not, they're not looking to reproduce anymore. And their, their brain knows that. So it's, it's really just about, uh, resisting entropy correct or did you think of anything that's possibility yeah i think that's it the only thing i i feel like still is different is the way society views an aging male versus an aging female is still different right so just like intentions behind training may Mm. be different for a six-year-old female than a six-year-old male Mm. based upon social pressures of you know still preventing the aging process for a female yeah right so i say intentions may be different yeah but inside of what training looks like or just life looks like no i don't see there being differences yeah yeah that's i mean i wrote down um i did hit you know that word society right it's like the 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 effects of the expectations of culture and society on top of that i would agree with you uh, i would agree um like if we were to say what's the consensus in perception of how males and females should train at 60 years of age i think i think in culture it's probably perceived to be different but uh i would like to say that we have enough experience and competency to be able to tell the truth on those things. It's like, actually, it's not, it's what you, what you think it should be based upon your own perceptions or your, or your upbringing or what those around you are saying. Right. Um, you know, and I think, I think it gets, I think it gets unfortunate actually, if you get into that thinking, right. Like, um, and this is just, I'm just pulling this out of a hat, you know, the, the men are supposed to be off, you know, golfing during the day and the women are supposed to be getting together in groups and, and knitting or doing doing something like that that then i think it then that does get in ironically i didn't do it for that reason but i just wanted to make the point that it, it gets into this like i don't know it just gets ugly when you when you try to think about oh it's specific you know specific training at this age is very important based upon this when i think it's really nefarious because it's all therapeutic stuff right they're again pointing their finger at right like you're going to have this cancer because you're a female and it's like, actually, no, you have no idea what I'm going to die of, right? It could be heart disease. And they're like, well, heart disease? I thought that was for me. It was like, nah, you know, you, you don't you don't see the whole picture. That does dig into, though, the question uh, I wrote down on what is functional fitness? Uh, as a general consensus for males and females, what's the first thing you think of? Like, what is what is fitness for? You know, what do 60 to 85-year-olds actually physically do during the day? that requires some form of movement practice? I would say, again, um, for that group, it's to be able to be self-sustainable and independent as long as possible, which means you need to be functionally fit enough to be able to do your laundry, to vacuum, to dust your house, to do household chores, to cook, to, right? To be able to put, like, it seems silly, but for most of my females in that age bracket, it's to be able to put away and take out their holiday decorations on their own without fear of hurting a shoulder, putting away a box of decorations, mm. right? So it's like fitness function is just sovereignty. It's like keeping the ability to be independent and needing 
your children or someone else to assist you be able to do your daily task. Yeah, that's excellent. Um, as a reminder too, for me specifically, um, cause I even find it harder to garden with Leanne or to do some things that are, you know, seeming seemingly would have seemed simple, you know, that kind of gives my tells on how much of a runway I got left, but I heard inside of your uh, point there, um, maybe it's not that you said it that way, but it's educating individuals as well, educating them on their, their ability for independence. And that's inside of that, right? So you're training for this independence, you're training for the ability to be able to do these things and not, not have any problems with it. Um, I couldn't help, help also, but think of the, the future and what it holds for individuals that may not have children or may not have grandchildren. Uh, I do know that there was a lot of aging individuals that I worked with that got really excited about being able to be functionally fit to, to uh, hang with their grandkids and to, just to do things with them. Right. And that's basic things, but to be able to do things with them. Right. It's like, even like, you know, you take for granted, but, you know, with a two-year-old, which, you know, I always say our two-year-old could just die any second, fall off a curve and run in front of a car or something. Uh, those with parents with two-year-olds will know that. You're just like, oh, Jesus, you know, I hope they don't die today. Um, you know, as a grandparent, you got to be able to do that quick little shuffle, right? And we take that for granted, right? That a lot of people just don't have that mobility or that capability. And then I saw a lot of people getting excited around having that function and being able to do those things. Little simple things like, I was talking about early with Leanne and I, uh, but just lunging, like getting down to a lunge position at a low level and getting back up. Like these are, these are really important things. I mean, I think of that as yesterday was a really great win. Uh, I was at my parents for Sunday dinner and my dad is 65, 66, 66, I believe. Uh, and he got introduced, like he's, he's the guy that can fix anything, build everything, work on cars. So just always very functionally fit, but had never done strength training and joined the gym during COVID because um, it was just like, we saw him become way more sedentary when things shut down and he couldn't go out and just do the things he normally did. So uh, he's been with us since COVID and he still refs soccer. That was like, once I graduate, you talked about us after me, and my brother moved on. He was like, I want to move from the coaching lens to understanding the refing side of it. That's right. Nice. Being on the other side of that. Um yeah. And he had a 17 and under finals game on Saturday. And he's like, I was kind of like feeling a little fatigued. I'd already ref two games before. And he's like, I crushed it. I was fast. My stamina was there mentally. I like made the right calls and got a lot of validation. Like both teams were like great game ref. Like parents come out, they were like, and you crushed that game. That was a great game. And he's like, it was the first time that I just feel like my mind and my body can keep up. Mm. right like in ways that some of the, even the younger refs couldn't do yeah so it's just like the byproduct of him actually now not just having being fit but actually being stronger to keep up with it mm. his mental acuity was better because he wasn't mental or physically fatigued out on the field mm. you know so um i love that it's like what those are the story. small things of seeing how fitness can elevate a person's confidence or just purpose, even as they get older, right? Like he is becoming that beacon of like the highest ref. He knows mm -hmm. the most, the technical things and the younger refs want to learn from him. Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, um, 
I think from the learning part again, it it was a fun one to see how fitness has allowed him to find this new yeah. persona or new like you know sense of meaning in his hobby. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I think of the words. You know, we make that comment of older people; they're sharp, right? Uh, they're witty and sharp, and I think that there's not a lot of uh, of uh, uh, language and conversation given to the point given to the fact of what your father realized uh, and refing, you know, at his age for uh, under 17. I mean, that that's like the epitome of the meshing between physical and cognitive strain. Right. Um, and great also realization. Anyways, my point being is that I don't know if we give it enough of education, perhaps on our part, to make individuals recognize that they're becoming more witty and sharp and whatever words that they would think of, right? You can make better decisions. You could, you could uh, like the way I envision is they could, they're, they're breaking down these limitations that they, that they used to have either self-imposed or was placed upon them. And now they can, they can see, right. They can see and they can hear very clearly. Um, this is very powerful. So, uh that, that was a fantastic story that that uh ironically happened just recently to you that uh fits the mold for today uh for what we were discussing in anyways what i want what i want for those individuals is the is the internal awareness of their observations and their behaviors cuz when people gain that that's true freedom Right. When when you can when you could debrief like your dad did afterwards and say, I I did it. I was like on top of it. I was better than I was before. And he also connects that some of the training in during COVID led to these things. Man, it's licked. They got they're graduated. You know, I mean they're they're on, right? That's that's the that's the true that's the true piece of uh um what I call uh, independence, right? That's freedom basically yeah i love that i wrote down especially with and i'm just going to use your dad as an example of it but uh him and his peers they have extreme pressure though to make things much easier today right so i'm actually surprised they don't have those what are those stand-up bikes with two wheels i'm surprised they haven't used those for refing yet for soccer but um with e-bikes uh, pickleball, uh, golf carts, escalators, uh, you know, everything is, is being pushed to make things physically so much easier, right? Do you, are you, do you observe, have you observed that as well? Like, do you, or does your dad mention that about how his peers like find the easy path or are trying to take the easy path? Well, that, that's it, right? It's like, uh, you know, he was in relation comparing to previously, they would just like, you'd make the easy call. Cause you didn't really catch it. Yeah. Right. So it's like that part of it, or again, the testing they have mm. is like slightly different for his age bracket than the younger refs. Right. It's like, we almost like set people up that you should just be demising. Mm. This is inevitable. So we're just going to lower the barrier for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's not for us to kind of figure what to do about that, but I'm glad that it's it's being observed because it is. 
but it's in a way it's very i think it's a conscious like you like it's not it's, they're not saying oh things are not going to get easier yeah. so you're gonna have to figure that out i don't think that's what's being that's what's being sold i think it says oh don't worry about it you know we have medicines now automaticity things will get easier don't don't worry about it. you don't have to strain you know um so anyways shout out to your father for being a role model in that um uh last sorry go ahead well no i say like you know i think it's like um i think there has to be like some level of again education or just awareness because i see it often a lot of our clients around that age is like a lot of their peers appear to be twice as old as them Mm. right and there's also that like i continue to do these things because i know how good i feel and i don't want to be that way Mm. yeah that's where it makes me think that is it possible for today let's just use an avatar of um a number of 70 year olds in a particular ecosystem or community etc um is there some splits in the male female connection today for what's what they actually partake in for those avatars i was trying to work backwards there now to see if if it's possible today that there are actually some observed differences in training for males and females to get to that point of mental acuity and independence and et cetera. You think? I don't think there is, but I was just trying to, trying to sneak sneakily sit in there and be like, you know, Oh yeah, well the males, you know, in this, uh, uh, homes, these homes or these communities, they do this and the females do this. I don't know. I think there, there needs to be more inside of that. Yeah. And I feel like if they there was a this or that, it would still be just like what socially or society is yeah. like kind of you're in a home and this is what they Why? put you you go to this at yeah. this time it was offered to the to the women in the nursing home. Yeah. This is offered to the yes. men. Yeah. No, that that actually is a I was just thinking, I agree. That that's a great place to to look at it though, because I did that was one of my initial um workplace settings when I was in university. And we spent only an afternoon uh, with these individuals. It was out in Kelly Grews, which is an area away from St. John's of an old age home. And it was it was, it was the, the that classic scenario point that is like they're they're all treated as you know individuals, and uh, they were all doing their specific you know seated band movement exercise. And the instructor, uh, I forget her name, but the instructor. Uh, wasn't like specifically saying, okay, for males, these are the reps sets, <laughs> and you know the <laughs> the kind of band you should use, you know. Uh, so, anyways, something to think about there. Um, last two, what, last two questions or points to consider here. Um, first is about just overall energy, and the second will be about economy. So, energy. Um, uh, I wrote that adaptation and growth and challenges and recovery um, are quite varied at 60 years of age, meaning quite varied to compared to the younger person, you know? And uh, when the info on resisting entropy, like we talked about in the education of this, is, is only coming from the, um, is only coming from the performance paradigm, like the education out there for the classic 65, 70 year old 
right? They're going to be, you know, look at this young whippersnapper, you know, how old are you? 49. Oh my gosh. You know, what are you doing? That's, you know, and it's, and they don't see that it's, it's about performance. Um, so how does that, how does that, how does that 65 to 70 year old generally now let's think outside of our ecosystems or what we know, uh, including for you, for your father, or even those at your gym, how do they learn this particular group today? How do they learn that consistency trumps intensity? How do they learn that? Um, you know, I wrote down, is it self-learned through experience? I.e., are we just going to say, you know, oh, you know, um, you'll just, you know, we'll, things will just fall, fall where they may. You know, I, th I think that'll end up in a lot of people being overtrained or injured or hurt at, at age, older age. I think you're going to get a lot of people that are apathetic, meaning they're like, ah, forget it. I don't even want to do anything with it. You know, my time is running out. Uh, you're going to you have another group that's probably just going to be hackers. I call them hackers, right? Anti-aging stuff, not willing to do push-ups, but willing to do a whole bunch of surgeries or medicines or hormones, et cetera. Um, or the fourth group, very, very low percentage of individuals like your dad who, quote unquote, see the light. See the light is probably not the best term to use, but uh, they, they do see the light. So two two things, I guess, inside of there, you know. How how are the how are those people going to learn that uh, intensity and the and the performance paradigm is not the answer? Um, and how are they going to learn about consistency? I I like maybe I'm overreaching this here, but I, I see this very similar to the no different than the adolescent, right? Like if we're just getting both ends, it's like hmm. it's your surroundings that are going to dictate that environment. Like I, environmental, like I think yeah. of it as like. The overtraining is like dependent again upon who you're exposed to and in guidance, right? Or who what's being told to you. Um, yeah. You know, I think of it if you're that age bracket and your kids will this like get orange theory, dad, you just got to go harder. Come on, like we're doing this, that, right? Then it's like, oh, this is what I got to do. This is how I got to stay young, right? Um, you know, the anti-aging is no different than the teenager that's been given the, you know, um, diet pill versus being taught how to eat healthy. And the so, e yeah. And the e-bike, you know, so it is. Um, and, and the very few that see the light is either they've got like, you know, that guidance or that support system or potentially, you know, they saw their parents age in a way that they want to follow. Mm. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's like a lot of it is just environmental. Mm. I'm writing down a question based upon that. Yeah, because what I was thinking about as I was writing it down was just the amount of, I don't know why it came to mind, but the amount of lost people, like, like just wandering with, you know, with no opportunity for society to, to like, you know, sh shine this light on the potentials of what they could do. You know, I think, I think, and I agree with you, it's fairly difficult probably in their environment to look around and go, oh, you know, we can just do these things and these practices and it makes me more mentally acute. And um, I could, you know, participate in my community, which I thought I was basically being pushed to the side and like worked out of the system. And you're saying that I actually can have a place in here. I can make decisions in the town hall at 70 years of age that have to do with like 
generations and communities of people, not just like, oh, how am I going to live off this paycheck for the next, you know, 15 years? So you're, you know, so I, I just, I just see it as, yeah, a lot of lost people. That's what I, you know, just thought about the idea. And you, you, I think you are right there. It's, it's probably up to the individual to ask the question, you know, who are they surrounded by in their environment? You know, um, is it possible that, you know, just thinking that this kind of messaging kind of gets outside of this podcast and our listeners ears and like into those areas, you know, um, I just, I just keep wondering how in the heck are they ever going to find out that they could be independent, you know, and physically free. And, and that's where I, I, for me, it's like almost like that's something that gets addressed in that 45 to 65 population. Right. Because it's like, if we've already been told over and over again by our doctors that we're destined to have these conditions and now we have to cheer, you know, to the therapeutic model again, it's like, if I've been reinforced for the last 20 years from my forties to my fifties, that this is what's going to happen to me because I'm predestined to get this cancer once I hit to this age. Right. It's like, where, you know, like how much scarier is it to trust that independence when you've just been fed over and over again, that, you know, sickness is your future. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Based upon, you know, going back. So I could speak to that. I'm 49. I'm going to be 50 years of age in January, 2024. And I, I think about those things more often. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'll speak to that to agree with you that it's the, it's yeah. Cause I look around and think about this, is what comes to mind when, when you mention that uh, on the point of, I agree with you. I, I look, I I'm starting to look at like, well, what is independence? What, what is important to me? Right. What, what is important to me now, you know, post physical expression, right. Post post peaking and uh what is purpose you know what is reason for those kind of things and i have some things that are right around me that give me purpose and reason including my wife and my children um but on that point for my children i can't help but look around and see that there's going to be a really large number of individuals that are going to be 55 to 60 years of age um with teenagers still in their home in the future, you know? So do you see my point is like, I started thinking about the long, your point on the long-term idea of this 40, 45 to 65 independence and building up towards having a better resisting entropy. Um, and I think it's because maybe a lot of my generation, I look around I'm like, yeah, you know, your kids at this age, et cetera, we're thinking about these things. Um, but I can't help but not think of that, that in the future, it's going to be difficult for those people to get at that point because they're not going to have a whole ton of people around them who are going to have that zest for the, the 60 to 85 onward. I'm not sure what I'm getting at there. Do you pick up anything that you have to comment on or just thoughts based upon that? I think we're talking about future generations of it, perhaps. But um... Yeah, I mean, that it, it is a, a topic to dig into because for a lot of people that are having their children at 30, you know, I'd say 36 to early forties now. Mm -hmm. Um, it shifts things. Yeah, it, it totally does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause they'll be 55, right? Assuming <laughs> both are, and they still have uh, like late teenagers around. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and the reason why you can keep playing that story out, okay, if they're if they're fifty five and their child is eighteen, 
And then that child in the next generation is not going to have a child for another 18 years, right? You're yeah. 73 and now you got a grandchild. You see, my point is like, well, what yeah. is physical functioning and what is the requirements that are necessary to that for that? I just think about those things in regards to my point I made, wanted to make on all of that was we just want to recognize that energy is not, is not uh, stored right? It, it's, it's diminishing, right? So you have to recognize that, you know, it's, it's hard to put your finger on how many heartbeats or how many contractions you have left in you that are certain kinds. But uh, take, take it from me that number one, don't waste them all from 25 to 40 years of age, thinking that that's the panacea for the, for the rest of the, your life to like, look real good, because it's not, that's a lie you've been sold. And secondly, don't forget that you are resisting entropy from 50 to 85 years of age, resisting it. That's why we use that word, right? It's not, you know, just walk off into the sunset. No, it's, it's lunges into the sunset, right? Like it's, it's lunges with weight into the sunset, if I'm making sense, right? It's, it's hard work, right? It's hard work and you, you kind of have to, and we're kind of getting outside of our, our, age group here but for anyone listening in who's in that 45 to 50 years of age i think that's what melissa was mentioning there for you to kind of pique your interest and listen to was that you got to get your shit together and think about that like long-term planning of this stuff right now um because you don't want to get to 65 and then try to come up with things that we're you know we're trying to do right that leads me into our final point on just economy, because I think about the current economic challenges for those. Again, let's just use that general thing we talked about before of 20 to 35 years of age, um, education cost, living costs, uh, traditional wage, wage stagnation for the past 30 years, increase in automation, decrease in community associations, right? Community associations, I'm going to umbrella you know, religion, religious, you know, groupings and individuals that get together, right? These community associations and institutions are actually lowering and lowering in number. Um, so you take those things into consideration, right? And so if you play this out, right, keep playing that out, you know, what do you think that future is going to look like for a, I just wrote down as an example, a $350 a month, you know, membership uh, when you're 60 years of age, Right. I just I'm not uh, I'm not connecting anything other than my biasing as to why I think long term fitness needs to become free. You know, yeah. we need, and we need to make all these young people recognize over time that when they get out into the real world, you know what to do. I mean, this is this is this is how we fix, you know, the entire thing. Or are you seeing it slightly differently? What's your thoughts come to mind with regards to the current the current economic burdens for this age group. And then what is it going to look like for them? You know, if there's no, if there's still a cost for fitness. Oh, I mean, I, I see. And the incentives, sorry. And the incentives are so high, right? The incentives are so high for this laissez-faire uh, lifestyle, right? Mm -hmm. Meaning like, ah, uh, you know, well, you know, you're free to do what you want. It's like, well, I guess, <laughs> is that what you want? You know, I don't know. Before we got to the topic, uh, like a week or two ago, there was an opinion piece in New York Times about that, and it was um, just like, you know, a mid twenty year old um, 
the reality of like a um, parental burden where yeah. like you thought like you do all these things, finish school to have like this freedom to finally like be with your partner before you get married and have this like joyful time. And now it's being filled with like having to take care of aging parents or parents that are like um, yeah, sicker sooner. And it's I like, didn't even add that. That's another thing inside of that cost. Like right? it actually like is like, you know, coming more to the forefront that um, because people are finishing school slightly later, right. Again, having kids later that your parents are older. And mm-hmm. so there is this like new burden of mm-hmm. having to be there now to, when you're supposed to be starting your life, take care of your parents, right. Mm-hmm. Even newborn and you also have an aging parent that you have to take care of because they're not in great health. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think we talked about from the economy side of it is like, we're seeing that much more um, regularly. Yeah. And so, um, but it also takes me back to, again, just like this dependency model that we've created within fitness. You know, the more I've kind of dabbled back into some of the youth or the teen athletes, they're smart, they get it, teach them principles and they can own them. Mm-hmm. And we've created this model that like says that they need all this special guidance. One is like, if you give them great education and teaching, they can figure it out. Yeah. Right. And they don't need me then all throughout college. Yeah. If I can spend a great summer with them and teach yeah. them good food hygiene and how to put together some pushing and pulling yeah. and they can go do it on their own. Or just be a, an adult role model friend. Yeah. For sure. You know, like yeah. there's no teaching involved. It's just like, that's, that's why I was talking about. There's no, there's none of those community associations no. anymore. No. Right? You know, where people could just come to the OPEX gym in the local area and uh, or are you trying to get bigger this summer? It's like, no, actually, I just want to hang out with like-minded individuals who just want to physically express themselves, right? And they're all kind, and they're all trying to grow, and they're all trying to get better. Um, yeah, I just, yeah. So good on you for ha- still having that, like, energy that you're giving out to that those individuals. Of course, I complete agreement with my own point I made, I made there, I guess, on the dependency model and trying to I'm just trying to work. I'm just trying to work my own brain around what that's going to look like. Right. And of course I always try to take the quick trips, right. What would be the thing that would like crack it all. And I just don't think that in America with these incentives that are there for freedom and liberties, right. Meaning freedom and liberty to do whatever you want to do, including whatever you want to do with your health. Right. Um, I just, I just don't see that. I don't see that working out well for the entirety of society until something maybe where we all get behind this idea that there's something bigger and better uh, and more profound on challenge, right? On like wanting to do something more, i.e. be better, get stronger just because you can, et cetera. I think there's, and that's my bias point of view, but yeah. And how that ties in for our conversation today is that, you know, eventually these, you know, 30 year olds, uh, they're going to be 60, <laughs> you know? And so we could say, okay, well, that's uh, what is that? 2000, the year 2055, you know, um, I'll probably still be kicking, uh, kicking something. At that point in time, hopefully I'll be kicking balls around with my grandkids, um, but I'll still be kicking. But those individuals, um, I think generally with where we're moving, um, especially if you just look right around us today with regards to the economy and what it looks like and in this uh, in this world. I don't know. 
I think there's no other choice. We're going to have to, fitness is going to have to be free at that point in time. You know, it's going to be like, I don't, I don't have income to like pay for that. You know, this is of course, assuming that, you know, uh, <laughs> if a gym membership stays at 350 bucks a month, that's probably the planet fitness membership by that point in time. Right. Yeah. And, uh, any of those private ones will be astoundingly higher, perhaps. I don't know. Maybe not. I always like to, like to look to the bright side. I think it's um, also because internet makes everything so easily accessible. Before this, I hopped on. I was like, X fitness for 60 plus. And I was not like, you know, sometimes I go in expecting to be disappointed or <laughs> to find stuff that makes me mad. But I didn't. I found quite a few of the top articles was like, you know, some sustainable aerobic and str- and some strength training, right? Um, for great for for bone health. So it was like, and most of the little samples out there were very made sense, simple, at home, doable, little you could do it every single day, repeatable exercise program, mm-hmm. and going for a hike. Like the recommendations were right, and it was ease into it. Start with a twenty minute hike and go based off feel and recovery. And it's like. I, I don't know. After 60, it's like if you moved every day and you did some simple weight resistance, you'd probably feel pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I have no doubt that that's a alphabet basically controlling what they want to send you. Um, <laughs> I, I was just trying to think of, uh, you know, a 62 year old in, uh, you know, in, in LA, um, you know, who's, who's, down and out and trying to figure their life out versus a 60 year old 62 year old in jacksonville florida yeah. trying to figure it out versus you know what i'm saying so i think those people are probably like fitness for 60 year old i could be wrong but they're probably getting like pharmaceutical companies yeah. you, know? <laughs> you know what i mean like, <laughs> and for you i mean they're you know mr alphabet is like well geez we we better give her the stuff that really impresses her to keep her coming back for more I did say go horseback riding, and I went horseback riding, so you're probably right. Oh, yeah. I was listening (laughs) the whole time. I was listening the whole time. But, you know, I'll give it it a little bit of, you know, possibility for that. Um, I can't make, you know, I I love to make those contrarian claims of, you know, that is only going to come to people because that's what they want to see. Yeah. You know, and and as that's why it comes back to the challenges that are in front of us that – you know, in a lot of cases, the darker the, the corner that you just went into there, the information that's going to be spread or the education um, is going to be there's a bunch of hurdles that people are going to have to go through in order to get that. That's where that's where that question came from of like, how are people going to learn today? Because there's so many incentives for them to take medications or to just hack the system. You know, it's, you know, so but I'm not uh, I'm not taking away the fact that there are, you know, you know, I just keep thinking like I, I can I'll write an article, let's say uh, metaphorically, you know, on like walking and the benefits of walking. I mean, I read I just bought a whole bunch of books on it um, and that, you know, that takes time to learn about it, of course, from me, from my technical expertise of it or the benefits of it. And I can write a, you know, a huge article that's free. Right. But it just when it get, gets inside the internet, it just goes off into this really dark, far corner, you yeah. know. Um, and that's this is what I think about. And I always go to it's like you know we've had this conversation. That I actually can remember it from masterminds. Is the young coaches are always like, 
but how do I get a, how do I make connection to my parents, right? Those are the ones I care most about and they're the most unhealthy. And I just said, drink your water, go for a walk and they won't do it. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and to me, that's again, like it's, we choose to hold on to the information that we hear that most suits us. So you can hear, go for a walk every day, but still gravitate more towards the doctor saying, we're going to sign you up for this program and we're going to promise you these results in 12 weeks, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so that's where, again, I always think it comes back to really your own purpose mm-hmm. and what actually drives you. Because if you truly want to be able to play with your grandkids when they're born, like, yeah. right, like then that's on you to filter through that information and the bullshit to be like, what actually seems like it's going to make me feel good yeah. versus what seems easy. Yeah. You know, so yeah, uh, no doubt. No doubt. I agree with that. Thanks for pulling me back from the, uh, the edge and the, of the abyss every time. Um, but I would agree with you there that, I mean, we've always said that, that, you know, well, how are you going to move mountains? It's going to be one person at a time. You know, it's going to be conversation. Um, it's going to be taking their life into, into respect of dignity. You know, it's going to be taking their background in respect um this is this is where we'll you know you know for anyone out there listening it's not it's not ho-hum it is ho-hum for the general perspective yeah that also could be arguable i don't think it's arguable i think it is ho-hum for the general perspective but how do you make any movement well look around you right who can you talk to you know have, have a conversation with your parents have a conversation with your friend's parents have a conversation with your spouse's parents Right. These are the these are the challenging, great ones. If you really want to test your your intentions on wanting to do something. Right. I just listened to someone discuss it yesterday in terms of the systems around that. And we need to kind of be the rebel. Right. We need to be the the rebellious against this, these incentives and this easy pathway. Right. Which is unfortunate today that the burden is on us to do that. (laughs) But, you know. I think you'll feel better at the end of the day if you do what Melissa was mentioning and just take take each person, you know, personally have those conversations, you know, keep challenging them. Uh, back to your point, uh, so people don't understand what we're discussing there. That that mastermind and that individual you're talking about and them talking about their parents, they need to talk to their parents and have deeper, longer conversations on purpose, right? Like, the, yeah, I'm not telling you this about your water because. I'm just your kid and I'm worried. No, it's not about that. It's for it's for me wanting you to set up set yourself up for the realization of your potential. I want I want you to realize that, right? And that's going to come through these aha moments from uh, the walking and the water, etc. But yeah. Anyhow, to recap, we classified uh, in this area uh, for you know trying to sniff out if there was any really you know, differences to speak of for males and females for 60 to 85 years of age. Um, And we took that through an evolutionary lens and looking at, you know, um, how this all came to be of this experience now for 60 to 85. We looked at it from the therapeutic lens. Uh, We looked at it from the, uh, you know, questioning, like I said, the differences. Are there any differences? We asked that question. We asked the question on functionality. Right. What is functional fitness for 60 to 85 years of age today? We asked the question with regards to energy and talked about, you know, consistency and uh, over versus intensity and how people get educated on that. And lastly, we talked about some of these, you know, foreboding joy (laughs) for, you know, 
foreboding stuff of uh, the economy and cost and and the realities around that for the future, bringing us, you know, hopefully to the point of recognizing we all need to continue to just work with each individual respectfully where they are at this time and then keep giving them the the picture of what the ideal is going forward. And hopefully most will get to independence and freedom in their fitness over time. Was that correct on the recap there? Did I miss anything or did you want to add anything before we sign off and close the season? That was a good recap. All righty. Well, uh, thanks, uh, Melissa, for uh, this project and uh, a successful, did we get up to 20 episodes? I think so. I think this was our. Oh, wow. Awesome. Uh, That was the, uh, well, I didn't mention to you, but that was internally what the goal was for the initial year. Um, I got lots of time now to think about, uh, you know, the future vision and what we're going to get into in conversations. I see a huge long runway of stuff that we can discuss that I'm looking forward to learning and discussing with you. So once again, thanks for uh, doing this project with me. And uh, I look forward to future seasons. You too. Thank you, James.